Hey guys, Akil here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Before we jump into today's topic, I want to share a few something a little bit new. Recently, I switched the podcast over to the Anchor platform. And well, if you're listening over on Anchor, you have the ability to actually send me a voice message. So I know many of you guys shoot me messages um, just asking questions or talking about different topics that you want to hear discussed on the show. If it's easier for you to uh, just speak it to me instead of write it down, you now have the ability to do so. I'm probably making a mistake by giving you the opportunity to do this, but I trust you guys. You guys have been great supporters. You guys ask intelligent questions, and I just thought that it might be easier. So if you're on anchor.fm slash the trading coach podcast, or if you have the anchor app, go ahead and shoot me a message. Um, I can't promise you I will give you a response like I would from a written message, but if it's a topic that I find to be intriguing and I think will be helpful for our community, I'll certainly create a podcast from it. All right, hope you guys enjoy the show. Experience, can a currency's oh this, yeah okay now I see what you mean. In your experience, can a currency's dynamic change, where a pattern is not really evident for years, or has a low expectancy, and then it seems to work and become more frequent as time goes on, like an employee finally deciding to pull his finger out of his as and get some work done. And this kind of follows up on the question earlier about market dynamics. And the answer is yes. Um, you, markets change. Um, kind of the two best examples I can always think of are dollar Canada, dollar yen, where those have been, at least in my experience, you know, some of the main markets that make drastic changes to their personality, uh, meaning going from very consolidative to very trendy. If you look at the if you look at the dollar Canada, if you ever do any testing on the dollar Canada, you're probably going to be like patterns suck on it. And then you're going to get to a point where it's like, wait, wait a minute. Why is that working well? And then it'll probably go back to sucking again. Um, because of because of the dynamics of that currency pair, right? Again, patterns are typically not going to work the best in pairs that are directional. And, and, and trendy per se. Um, so when you have a historically directional pair, you're probably going to get worse results. But that pair may change. That pair may go from something that is very directional to something that is very consolidative. And with that being said, we're, with, with those changes, you may see a change in what works and what doesn't work. And this is, this is why it, it's always important that you need to continue to adjust. I, I did a, I have these little quick tip videos on uh, the internet machine, right? And I decided to, um, for no good reason, right? I decided to delete all 166 of them and redo the captions. Um, delete them from my kind of automatic feed that shoots them out three times a day and redo the captions. Um, just to stay fresh. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, it's probably a mistake because now I'm very tired and I only did like 10. But one I just listened to this morning talked about automating a system. And I think, and, and I said that a lot of traders think system automation is um, 
a shortcut, right? Um, create a system, automate it, set it and forget it, and never look at it again. And I must have been talking to Tony at the time because I, I mentioned that in a little video that I had a conversation with Tony who said that he noticed that there was a glitch in the system that was bleeding of money. So we basically had to screenshot and record the system for like, you know, a week and then review the, the, <laughs> review the, the, the whole system, the recording to kind of see what was going on with it and find the fix. And even if you're doing an automated system, it's important that you pay attention to it because your system is, is probably, your system's not gonna be dynamic. Why? Because it's automated, right? When you have something automated and rules-based, 100% rules-based, it's not going to be dynamic. It's going to be exactly the same, which is why you did it in the first place, right? But markets are dynamic, right? Your system's not dynamic, markets are. So it's going to change. If you have a trend-following system, a directional-moving system, right? it's going to do good in a directional market. When the market goes into consolidation or when the, the volatility adjusts, it's gonna run into problems and you need to be able to go in there and make the necessary adjustments. So yeah, um, things will change. Things will things will certainly, certainly change. Yeah, and, and there, are some, there are some massive difference between live and demo as well, I'll tell you that. I've had that experience before too. Um, but things will, will certainly change. So it's not surprising to see something like Dollar Canada again. You're doing some testing. You know, let's say you're doing some historical testing all back here. And you're like, man, patterns suck, 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 suck. Ooh, patterns are really good for like this three-year stretch in here, this consolidation area. Then they went suck, 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 suck. And then, oh, they got good again the last three years, right? Not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. Um, uh, says that's a challenge to you. If you require drawing ebbs and flows too, I have no idea how that would work. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's a challenge in general. Yep. Uh, Nicholas says, I feel like a good example was when we were talking about the daily chore, the bigger the portfolio, the higher the chance of the equity curve fixing itself. Um, so if you have one bad year in one currency, you might have three pairs doing good and that will help that one currency really affect your account, uh, or not help that, help that one currency not really affect your account in such a negative way. And yeah, that, that's, that's the power of portfolioization, right? My favorite term from Jason Stapleton, portfolioization. He said, if that's not a word, it is now. Um, strength in numbers. You know, it's, it's no different from, again, a team dynamic right? A team is not made of one person. So no one person, you know, uh, in most cases can make or break your team, right? If someone's having a bad game, someone else is hopefully having a good game. And that, that's the way it works. And your portfolio is the same way. It should be filled with, with different players, different players. And if, if, if one player is having a rough stretch, hopefully another player is having a hot stretch and they're making up for it. Um, and it, it limits the opportunity of that, that, that boom or bust where it's like you're, you're dependent on one thing to either make or break your trading. Same, and same thing goes for strategies as well. I mean, strategies, you know, diversification of strategies plays that part as well. Again, my famous story was I used to get hammered in the month of September every single year um, when there was directional movement in the market, um, when I was just a pattern trader. Directional movement would kill me. So whenever there was directional movement, I would, I would get my AS handed to me. Um, whenever there wasn't, I'd make a killing. So I, I went through these massive swings where it was like, yay, no, yay, no. Um, and once I started diversifying my strategy, 
adding more, you know, trend following directional movement type of strategies to it, it smoothed out the equity curves because now when those patterns were struggling, the trend trading stuff was doing well. And when the trend trading stuff was struggling, the pattern stuff was doing well. You know, so you don't get the same extensions in your equity curve. You don't get the same kind of big shots high, but you also remove the dips and it's more of kind of a, a steady kind of flow in the right direction. And me personally, that's what I want. I don't really care about a sharp equity curve. I want to slowly move from left to right. What's more important to me is eliminating, the, reducing those dips, reducing the drawdown, because here's the secret, right? If you can keep your drawdown tight, right? Talking about weight loss this morning, keep it tight, right? If you can keep your drawdown tight, you can do some amazing things with money management, position sizing, right? Your drawdown is what limits your, your position sizing, right? Does, does that make sense, guys? Does everyone understand that? Your drawdown is going to be the limit is going to put limitations on your position sizing because if, if you're someone that has a, a, a 20, a, a, a 20, an expected 20% drawdown, right? That's a big, that's a big hit. All of a sudden, if, if you're doubling your position size, that 20% drawdown is a 40% drawdown. I mean, that, that's account blowing territory. You don't want that, right? So you have to be very conservative if you know in the back of your mind, like, hey, at some point I can take a 20% dip or at some point I expect to take a 20% dip. Like say that's a normal part of your drawdown. You've got to be pretty conservative with position sizing because you can't really adjust too quickly because boom, what if you adjust right into that 20% dip? You're screwed. However, if you're someone that has a smalls run, let's say like a, a 5%, well, all of a sudden you could be a lot more aggressive because that drawdown is not too bad. Even if you're planning for worst case scenario, right? That drawdown is still going to be maybe 10%. And that's, you know, that's more than manageable, in my opinion, uh, very much more than manageable. So you can be more aggressive in your position sizing um, when those drawdowns are low, which, you know, I don't think we need to spell that out. You make more money quicker. You, you increase your account size quicker. You compound even faster. Um, so that's why drawdown is, is, is or reducing that drawdown is much more important than reducing your gains because in, in a way, reducing that drawdown is what will allow you to safely grow your account and, and safely um, increase your gains instead of just, again, increasing your gains and, and right into a, a brick wall and hitting a drawdown. So um, that's always been more important to me. And it, it took me a while to understand that. Um, but then once you trade live and once you have like two months of profit erased by one month of drawdown, it kind of puts things in, into perspective where it's like, hmm, okay, that shouldn't happen. Right. Two months of work just destroyed by one what would be normal drawdown. But all of a sudden it's a massive drawdown because you got to the level where you increase your position size right into the drawdown, which shouldn't be a surprise, by the way, not to get too much on a rant. And this it shouldn't be a surprise because what goes up must comes down. Right. This we're, we're we can all agree we're working with numbers. Right. This is a game of probabilities. Numbers, 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 numbers. Right. We don't win forever. Right. If you are a 60% trader, right? That means you're winning 60 out of 100 trades, right? To put a round number of it, right? So the closer you get to those 60 wins, right? If you were on trade 70 and you already have 60 wins, you should be very fearful because you probably have, let's say, let's say you're on trade 70, you have 50 wins, right? You have 30 trades left for the year. There's probably going to be more losers in there than winners, right? You probably got 10 winners left. 
you've probably got 20 losers, right? So as you win, the probability of you losing is increased. It's, it's not a negative, the same thing. Once you get those losses out of the way, the probability of your winning increases as well. But that's one of the, the damaging issues that comes with position sizing is, guess what? You increase your position, if, if you're doing kind of like a, a, a position sizing strategy, you increase your position size as your account grows. Well, what do you have to do in order to grow your account? You've got to win, right? You have to win to grow your account. But as you win, you're getting closer to losing. Interesting scenario, is it not? So in a way, the chances of you increasing your position size happens as you're getting closer to your drawdown, right? This is one of the reasons smooth, I love smooth, uh, smooth ratio money management because it's a, and, and, I'm, and another reason why I'm so conservative with it, it's a, it's a smooth process. You're not making these big jumps of going like, hey, I'm going from trading a two lot to a four lot to an eight lot, right? It's a slower process, which, which again, kind of limits the risk on the back end. So.